want you to think a little bit uh, about leadership this morning, because that's what we're going to be talking about. So if this is your first Sunday with us, uh, first of all, thanks for being here today. Uh, my name is Mike. I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, we are at the tail end of a Pursue series. So if you've missed the first two weeks, I do want to encourage you to go to our website uh, and catch what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. But this series is all about um, focusing Three years ago, uh, four years ago now, we decided we needed to uh, focus our time and energy on a few things that we determined were our top priorities. So we gathered about 30 leaders from here at MCC, and we invited some leaders from other churches to come and observe the process, uh, because when we can, we like to invest in the health of other churches as well. And we were guided through a process over a two-day period. We prayerfully considered our next step as a church, and we considered questions like these. Um, what's right at MCC? What's wrong? And what's missing? So we, we talked through those things. And the overall goal was to help us to determine this path that would move us forward uh, and together equip us to better accomplish our mission. We say that we exist here at MCC. So if you've been here for a while, you know, we say that we exist to help people. Okay, that's, uh, I'm not, okay. We, MCC exists to help people what? Begin and build their relationship, right? I want you to be, I want you to know that so well, you can just spout that off. But we, so this process that we're looking at, these exercises, when they were completed, we identified uh, three areas where we needed to work. The first one was what we're calling pursuing people. In other words, people who have not made Jesus Lord of their life, who are thinking about it, or maybe they're not thinking about it at all. And how do we help them begin to move in that direction? Or uh, this idea of helping people begin their relationship. The second area was uh, discipleship or per pursuing Jesus. For those of us who have said, we want Jesus to be the Lord, the leader of our life. What does it mean to follow him? What does that look like in real life? How do we pursue him? And so that's the build part, beginning and building. And then quite frankly, just putting people in, in a position to lead that process. And I don't know what anyone else expected uh, at first, but I expected, here was my expectation. Because we had smart, godly people in the room. I knew we were going to figure it out. I knew we would put our plan together, and I knew we would make it happen. We would execute that plan. But what ended up happening was we figured it out. We put our plan in motion. We figured out that what we figured out didn't work the way we figured it would. And so we figured it out some more. <laughs> and we have continued, quite frankly, to refine the process. It's been a little frustrating and, and I just want to say I appreciate our leaders who put themselves in a position to be frustrated with me, but who desperately, listen, our leaders who desperately want MCC to be the kind of place where your friends and family members, my friends and family members can come and find hope in Jesus and, be, and figure out how to uh, start their faith journey, how to mature in that faith journey, to grow up in it, and then use their gifts to help other people do the same. And we will continue to keep... Uh, our focus uh, so that we can provide here in Miamisburg just this safe place for people to, to do that process, to just sort of make those decisions. 
So, we've looked at these first two. Uh, Adam talked about these the last couple of weeks, and, uh, and this morning I want to talk about leadership development and why that is huge to us and what we'll be doing. So, to be sure, there are a lot of things that we thought were right about our leadership uh, here. That was one of the questions that we asked. Remember I said in the process, what's right here at MCC? And so we came up with this list of things, and maybe you look at those and there's some that you agree with or disagree with. Maybe there's a few others that you would put up here and you'd say, you know, there are other things that are right about our leadership as well. It was really funny. One of the things that, that put up there, uh, someone put up there was that we have great elders. I think it was probably one of our elders uh, who put that up there. But, uh, <laughs> and if you don't know our elders, just so you know, they were right. They're absolutely correct. We do have great elders here at MCC. Uh, we also talked about what's wrong, and we talked about uh, things that we want to make sure we correct. And so there were several things that made it the top three, though the overwhelming three where we don't have great follow-through. Some of our leaders are wearing too many hats, and too many people do not understand the leadership model, the elder governance model here at, at MCC, especially if you have come from another church. If you grew up in another church, um, you have no idea where we came from, how we were structured, why we restructured uh, as we began to grow and to allow uh, growth to continue to facilitate reaching even more people. Uh, and so we talk about that. And as we walk through this exercise, we, we were asked with those weaknesses in mind in three years, what do you want to see happen? In three years, what do you want to have accomplished? In other words, by the end of 2017, what do you want it to look like? Well, this is 2017. We're at the end of those three years. And what we said was, we want a fun when it comes to leadership, we want a functioning leadership development plan. We want clear leadership expectations so our leaders know what's expected of them. And we want disciplined follow-through so that we begin to work through things. Do you know why we're putting such an emphasis on leaders? Proverbs 28 says this, a nation will be strong and endure when it has intelligent, sensible leaders. Strong and endure. Those are words that we want to have describe us as well. As a matter of fact, you could say this not just about a country, that's talking about a country. You can say this about a family. When a family has Will be, the family will be strong and endure when it has good leadership. You can say that about a business. You can say this about the church, right? Church will be strong and will endure when it has intelligent, sensible leadership. The Living Bible says it, uh, says it this way. With honest, sensible leaders, there is what? Stability. And I don't know about you, but it sure seems to me that when it comes to stability, we need that more in our life today than we have ever needed it before. If we're learning anything from our country this year, it's that there are rapid changes and upheavals and we need stability. And stability comes from, it begins with leadership. So when you read about leadership, magazine articles, when you watch, when you listen to podcasts, watch videos, there's one thing you're going to hear over and over and over again, because I read it almost every book I read about leadership says this, and it's on your notes because I wanted to make sure you took it home. The one ing ingredient essential for success in any organization is leadership. Because when leadership is poor, we lose sight of our vision, morale suffers, enthusiasm fades, and the organization stagnates and becomes ineffective. On the other hand, 
when leadership is strong in any organization, when the vision is cast, and when people embrace it, and when morale is high, and we're all moving, giving 100% towards that goal and the vision, great thing. Listen, you can't stop. When we say that about the church, you can't stop the church. And what's true of the importance of leadership in general in the world is especially true of leadership in the church. Look at what Sam Stone said. This should be on your notes. He wrote a book called How to Be an Effective Church Leader. He writes this, no church will be greater than its leaders. Its greatness begins with them. Every great movement started with great leaders. For the church to do its best work, great leadership is essential. And listen, we know that this is true in more arenas than just in the church. Successful school systems, the result of effective leaders. Successful business organizations, the result of effective leaders. Successful teams, the result of effective leaders. You can see this in the family. Successful families are the result of those who have taken leadership in the family. Now, as we talk about this, there are a couple of things I just want you to poke this morning, okay? A couple of leadership truths. I just want you to kind of poke at these and see if you believe these are true. But here's the first one. Nothing happens until someone provides leadership for it. And for any of those who are doubters in the room, this is a law of life. We see it in history. The civil rights movement in our country was moving nowhere until a man said, what did he say? I have a what? I have a dream. But he didn't just have a dream. He provided leadership for that dream. And while we haven't made it all the way, we're certainly moving slowly at times in the right direction. The NASA space program was nothing until a guy named John F. Kennedy, and we watched this clip a few weeks ago, and I didn't even know he had said all of this. I knew he said we're going to put a man on the moon. What I'd forgotten was that he said by the end of this decade, within 10 years, we didn't even know how to do that yet. And he said in 10 years, we're going to accomplish this. But because there was a leader who stepped up and pointed us in the right direction, pointed us in a direction, we all jumped on board. A guy by the name of Ray Kroc said, I want fast food at a convenient price and a clean atmosphere. Anybody know who Ray Kroc is? McDonald's. Yeah, right? Uh, it launched, listen, he didn't just launch McDonald's. There's an entire fast food industry that's been launched because Ray Kroc said that and began to put it into motion. MCC started because two families in this area. Back in the 50s, 1950s, there wasn't a Christian church like ours in this area. And, and so they were getting ready to head off to their respective churches in two different towns. And they said, we need to have a Christian church, a church of Christ in Miamisburg. And it happened not because they just said, hey, wouldn't it be nice? We happened because they said, we will see that this happens. And they took leadership. And here we are, you know, in 2017, because they took that lead. Still today, those kind of leaders are being raised up here without a couple of our ladies dreaming about how we could help people on a consistent basis who struggle with putting clothes on their own back, clothes on their family. Without them dreaming, without their leadership, there would be no threads ministry here. At MCC, and I'll tell you what, next week, so next Sunday, big exciting announcement about Threads, and so I hope you'll be here for that. As a matter of fact, big celebration next week because of Threads. We're really excited about that. I hope you'll be here for that. Uh, without one of our ladies dreaming of how can we care for families who are going through a difficult time here in our congregation, and how can we, how can we be ready to respond at a moment's notice to someone going through a difficult time in our community? Without that happening, we don't have our meals ministry. It wouldn't exist here. Our ministries that, you, that we maybe we take for granted, our nursery, our children's ministry, our student ministries would be hamstrung 
If volunteer leaders did not step into place, listen, in your own family, when your family has a problem, you're going to live in that problem until someone in that family steps up and says, you know what, this isn't right. And here's what we're going to do about this. And they take the leadership onus in your family. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Most problems can be traced back to a lack of competent leadership. The greatest problem today in our country is a leadership shortage. The greatest need is trained leaders. So I just want you to, that's one of the truths. I just want you to poke at that a little bit. Here's the second one. You ready? The test of leadership, it's a one question test. It's not true, false, not multiple guess. It's this question right here. Is anybody following me? Right? Okay. That's it. If you want to know whether you're a leader or not, it's simple. Look over your shoulder. Is there anyone behind you? If there's no one behind you, you're not leading anyone, right? Uh, Jesus said it this way in John chapter 10. My sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they what? They follow me. That's how we know Jesus was a leader because people followed him. Hebrews 13 says, don't forget about your leaders and, and what they taught you about God's message. Look at this. Remember what kind of lives they lived and try to be like them. Follow their example. Live up to their model of, their, of leadership and of faith. Listen, we all need human models. We know we're following Jesus, right? I hope there's no, you know, there's no one questioning that. We're following Jesus, but we need human models in front of us to show us what that looks like in our culture. John Maxwell uh, said this about leadership. He who thinketh he leadeth and hath no one following him is only taking a walk right? So we need to keep that, right, in mind. Leadership has absolutely nothing to do with the position you're in or the title you have. It has to do with the influence that you exert. This idea of title and position is a mistake a lot of people make. Someone thinks because they have a title, the people are going to follow them. But there's a big difference between having a boss and a leader. And my guess is everyone in this room has experienced that. You know what it's like to have a boss who is not a leader, and you've seen that in school, you've seen it at work, you've seen it at home, you've seen it in the church, because leadership is not about a position or a title. As a matter of fact, I would go as far as to say this, if you have to tell someone you're the leader, if you have to remind people that you are the leader, you're not, you're not the leader. If you have to do that, someone else is the leader, but it isn't you because people know it when the leader is in the room. So when it comes to leadership here at MCC, here's the battle cry. This is what we're going to chase after from this point forward. This is a result of our pursuit. We pursue Christ followers, equipping them to lead in God-honoring ways, advancing his kingdom here and away from here. Paul would write to the church in Rome, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, well, then do that. Prophesy with all your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraging, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. And I'm not pointing that out because that's the best gift. I just want to make sure that you understand it is a gift from God uh, and you are to use it. Someone said in their church, they had two requirements for leadership, gray hair to look distinguished and hemorrhoids to make you look serious. Uh, 
That's not how we do it here. It helps here, but it's not all that we do when it comes to leadership. But because leadership is that important, when we talk about effective leadership here at MCC, there are a couple things to know. And I want to make sure you get these. Here's the first one. So here at MCC, we're talking about all of our leaders, all of them, because some people think there's only one level of leadership and there's not. As a matter of fact, if, uh, if you have grown up in the church, right, when I talk about leaders, you may be thinking of the elders because the elders have oversight of our church. But if you're new here, you, you don't even know who the elders are. When I say elders, you don't even know what that means. And so when you think of leaders here, you think of our staff because we are the most visible. And we do have responsibility for the day-to-day decisions made here at MCC. And by the way, this Tuesday night, kind of an announcement here. It's this big, a big deal for us. We are ordaining Michelle Osmansky and Jennifer Parker into ministry. Ordination, ordaining is a, is a Bible word that means setting apart for a specific reason, specific purpose. Michelle will be set aside, ordained as our children's pastor. Jen will be set aside, ordained as our worship pastor. And that's huge. And I hope you'll be able to be here uh, that uh, Tuesday night night at seven. But maybe when you think of leaders, you think of our staff for those kind of reasons. If you've been involved in ministry, maybe you don't think of our staff because you don't really, you, you haven't talked to them. But what you think about is the person who is your leader inside your area. For instance, in our children's ministry, we have, uh, we, in our preschool ministry, we have teaching teams in the classroom. So when you look in, there are teaching teams, but there is a lead teacher for each of those teams, and there is a department leader in that area, and Susan Patrick is our staff person who oversees all of them, but there are different levels of leadership there. During worship today, you had the opportunity to take communion, and I don't know if you've ever thought about this or not, where that comes from. But we have communion prep teams who get it ready for us every week. And we have a volunteer leader who oversees those who are putting that together. And then Jennifer Parker is the one who oversees that ministry and others that happen inside this room. So if you're involved in a ministry, when I say leaders, you may think of your team leader or the ministry leader above you. Or if you dropped a child off this morning. When you think of leaders, you think of those awesome people we have in our classrooms who are leading your children. Listen, no one wants to see a leadership problem in the classroom. No one wants to see someone walk in here during the service, hand me a note that says there's been a hostile takeover in the four-year-old classroom. (laughs) Mona is tied up. Her chair is on fire. Here is a list of their demands. They want more fish crackers and they want them now, right? Nobody wants to see that. So that's why we say when it comes to successful ministry, it is the result of effective leaders. We're talking talking about all levels of leaders here, from those who give direction to the church overall, to those who give instruction in our classrooms, from those who oversee entire ministries, to those who are holding infants in our nurseries. So the first thing that I want to make sure that we understand we're all on the same foot is that we're talking about all of our leaders. Here's the second thing, and it's really for you. You are most likely a leader somewhere. You may not know it, but you're in a position of leadership somewhere. And to ease your mind, uh, because one of the things that Jesus followers sometimes forget when we hear something like that, (laughs) there was only one perfect leader. His name was Jesus. And if you have to be perfect to be a leader, none of us get to do it. 
The beauty of the church, the beauty of our faith is that God uses broken, sinful people, ordinary people like us, so you don't have to be perfect, you don't have to have it all together to be a leader, but you do have to make some choices about your life. Paul told Timothy, so Timothy was a young man that Paul had helped come to faith and was raising him up as a leader, and he said, don't let anyone think little of you because you're young, lead them. That's what he's saying. Lead them in all of these areas of your life. That's what it means. That's a decision you have to make. Listen, age has nothing to do with leadership. You can be an influence in someone's life at any age, and you're a model whether you like it or not. The question isn't, are you a leader? The question is, are you a good leader? Biblical definition of leadership. Someone with God-given ability and responsibility to influence a group of God's people to accomplish God's purpose for that group. Someone who has been raised up to help a certain group of people uh, and to influence them to accomplish God's purpose. I just want, listen, for me personally, if I have had any success in my life, if I have accomplished anything of lasting value, if I have made any, any type of contribution to the kingdom of God, it is because of the leadership that I have received in my life from men and women who have invested their lives in, in me and in ministry in general. Besides the influence of God himself, nothing has done more to shape me than the leadership of those I have, listen, my parents, my youth sponsors, college professors, mentors in ministry even to this day, elders, Sunday school teachers, family members, friends who have all shaped who I'm still becoming. Isn't, isn't that true of you? I can name names. As a matter of fact, and I've shared this before, in the back of my prayer journal, I started doing that. I just started writing down every person I could think of that has ever influenced me for the sake of the kingdom. People who are Sunday school teachers or youth group leaders, just friends. And, I mean, people who, who God used, they brought them into my life and they influenced me for the sake of God. Here, I'm going to bet you could do the same thing. I'm actually going to encourage you to do the same thing. Write down, just start in a, in a, a place that you're not going to use for anything else. Just start writing down the names of the people who invested in you. And you didn't know it as a kid, but as you look back now, you're going, yeah, I can see where they've made differences in my life. Sir Isaac Newton said this, if I have seen a little farther than others, it's because I've stood on the shoulders of giants. All of us have done that. We've all been influenced by leaders. And it may be fair to say that at its most basic level, that's exactly what leadership is. It is influence. Each of us exercises leadership for better or worse when we influence another person. And each of us is led when we allow someone to influence us. That's leadership. And if leadership, if influence is what leadership at its most, again, at its most basic level, if that's what it's really all about, nearly everyone in this room is a leader in one area of your life or another. Maybe you're a leader in your home. You're influencing people in your home. Maybe, maybe you're a coach. You have a little league team. Maybe you coach the team at school. You have influence there. Maybe you lead a ministry here at MCC or a Bible study group or something like that. Maybe you lead at work or at school or in your neighborhood. Listen, most people lead in some settings and then they follow in others. I'm not even real sure it's good to be the leader in everything that you do. 
Because when you do that, if you're always leading, you might lean one direction and, and become power hungry. And we need to be careful with that. And we also, listen, you become a better leader when you follow at times, because you, if we don't, we forget what it's like to be a follower. And so we need to follow at times as well. Here's something else I think is interesting, and it may take a while for this to sink in, to be believable to you. Sociologists have told us that even the most introverted individuals, so if you're sitting here and you're, you're an introvert going, yeah, I would never in a million, oh, you're not going to get me up there, I'm never going to be in front of, the most introverted individual will influence 10,000 other people during his or her lifetime. The most introverted person, God has put you in a place of influence in someone's life, most likely several someones, maybe as many as 10,000 someones in your life. Don't squander what God has given you. It's important to use your leadership where you have it. If it's at home, if it's at work, if it's in school, if it's on the team, especially if it's here. Researcher George Barna who has studied the church, has studied our culture for decades, says this about leadership. You can overcome many deficiencies in a church's ministry and organization. There's a lot of things we can overcome, but you cannot compensate for the lack of good leadership. Nothing cripples or destroys a church more completely than the absence of good leadership for the sake of God's kingdom. Take the lead. Do you know why we've worked on this for three years? Do you know why we've talked about this for the last three weeks? Wayne Smith, man, I love the way he said this. The world at its worst needs the church at its best. And if you don't think we're hovering somewhere near this, you're not reading the paper, you're not watching. As a matter of fact, you're locked inside your house. <laughs> the world at its worst needs us at our best. If you're a Jesus follower, everything you do is a reflection of him. Whether you're sitting at home, in church, or at work, in your neighborhood with your friends, when you're absolutely all by yourself, everything belongs to him. This is why what Paul said is so important to us. He wrote to the church in Corinth, we capture every thought and we make it give up and obey Jesus. So if you're sitting here thinking, I have absolutely no influence in anyone's life, would you please take that thought captive? Because it's a lie. You have influence in people's lives. Some of us have more than others, but we all influence somebody. Take that thought captive and make it give up and obey Jesus. And if you have this gift of leadership, the kingdom of God on earth needs those gifted to lead. Take that captive and use it here for the sake of God's name. Listen, why not we go to him in prayer? Father, thank you that, that you have brought people into our lives who have helped us see what you look like. Thank you for, uh, there are people in our lives who have no idea what we've learned from them because it wasn't a formal classroom, but they showed us who you are. 
And God, we get the same chance in other people's lives. What some have done in our lives, we get to be in other people's lives. So as your church, may we just recognize that. As, as followers of your son, may we not just acknowledge it, may we embrace it. That we get to lead just with influence in other people's lives. And God, I pray that for those among us who have this gift of leadership, God, would we just wrestle that to the ground and make it obedient to your kingdom here that we might change the future for those who do not know you yet. God, help us to change the world in your name. And we pray this through your son, Jesus. Amen. So when we talk about your next step in your walk with Jesus today, when it comes to leadership, for some of us, it's about surrendering. Because before you can lead in Jesus' name, you have to surrender to his name. And maybe you've never done that. And there's a family that we've been talking to uh, who we are... Uh, we were going to baptize them uh, after, right after services. Something has happened. I got a note between services. Something's happened. We're not going to be able to do that today, but they said we need to set this up soon. We've got someone coming in tomorrow who wants to be baptized at one o'clock. Maybe for you, listen, that's the sign. <laughs> Say, I want to surrender to Jesus. That's the sign that tells us that's what's happened. When you make that confession and you, you go to God and make that promise to him, what Peter calls a promise uh, to God of a good heart. Maybe that's your next step. Or maybe for you, maybe it's about growing in your following. <laughs> maybe it's about saying, you know what? If I'm going to be a follower, I'm going to be the best follower I can be. And I'm going to encourage, and I'm going to challenge, and I'm going to question, and I'm going to do everything I can to make our leaders the best leaders that they can be. And I'm just going to let them know that I'm going to follow them wherever they go as long as they're following Jesus. And maybe for you, that's what it's all about. Or maybe... Maybe you're a leader somewhere, and you're influencing people, and it's time to own that and to be uh, intentional about that. Maybe it's about leading here. You know, we want to encourage you to be a part of what God is doing here and to step up into leadership and to grow in that leadership through books and seminars and podcasts. We have a class that we do here once a year called Leaders, Effective Leadership 101 to be a part of that, and to help us change the world in the name of Jesus. This is a huge thing that God calls us to. We get to put our gifts that he has given to us to the task. Your next step. Listen, why don't we stand together? We're going to sing a song together, and as we sing this song, your job is to think through what your next step needs to be and how you'll take that step.